0: Welcome to audio from Ballyhalbert Gospel Hall. Listen in as we open God's Word and share how it should impact our lives. We hope it blesses you. Well, our thoughts today are from the Psalms. Well, one psalm, actually. And uh, it's, quite a, it's quite a long one, but it, it's an amazing psalm. And uh, as I was, I was looking at this and the psalms, the writers of the psalms have a whole lot of maybe different accents and different points of view, and different ways of talking to God, because they're talking to God's very ordinary. It's very plain, it's very simple, it's very forthright. Uh, it tells about uh, David and the Psalms, and I know Job even before the Psalms was done, tells, they, tells, they, tell God, uh, they, they tell God how simple they are, and the problems they have, and the difficulties they have, and they talk about themselves, and their problems, and their difficulties, and uh, they They tell God about their circumstances and they ask God if he understands or knows these things. So it's lovely when you come to Psalms and you see this unordinary touch about it, but they're warm and they're comforting and so often you want to go to them because you're getting something there. You read some of the heavier stuff through the Bible and then you come to the Psalms and it's such warm and lovely and understanding. It's Psalm 136, by the way, in case you hadn't realized. No, I didn't say that. It's Psalm 136. and. Do you know, you're reading in the Psalm about the Lord, about His goodness, and it goes on forever. His mercy endures forever. We'll give thanks unto the Lord. This is Psalm 136 and verse 1. We'll give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. We'll give thanks unto the God of gods, for His mercy endureth forever. Who give thanks to the Lord of lords for his mercy endureth forever. To him alone doth great wonders for his mercy endureth forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endureth forever. To him who stretched out the earth above the waters for his mercy endureth forever. To him who made great lights for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But who overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever? To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for a heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even a heritage unto Israel, his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remember us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever, and hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh? for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Isn't that truly amazing? 26 verses and every verse finishes, for his mercy endureth forever. I think think the psalm is trying to tell us something. I think by now we should be getting the message. It doesn't just read it all and then say finally, for his mercy endureth forever. Every phrase, Reminding us about God, about his mercy, endureth forever. And you know, if we have journeyed through this world, we have seen about his mercies already. We've been thinking they're new every morning. They go on and on and on. Isn't it good that we have a good God that the psalmist reminds about very early on here? But here we have here we have something here about this psalm and about the psalmist that... We don't really know who it was, seems to be anonymous, but uh, there's a couple of Psalms here that's very familiar and it goes down a lot of history here, but gets on and explains to us time after time and step by step what we're going to be looking at, very looks like here, working through a, a pilgrimage journey here. I have a book, maybe some of you would have it, from Egypt to Canaan by John Ritchie. It's a very, very old book, but it's very, very good. And it's a pilgrimage journey from Egypt to Canaan. And that's the pilgrimage journey that God's people were on, and it's referred to here. And uh, we're going to be looking at this because that is a journey, you know, as Christians, we're on. We're on a journey on our way everyone who's reached and gloriously saved are on their way from earth to heaven. Isn't that amazing? Not from birth to death, it's from earth to heaven. And that's where we're heading and this is truly amazing. So I want to look upon it as we look upon this because it's reminding us time after time, detail by detail, what God is doing. So I, I thought about this and I was trying to, I was trying to challenge myself and the things that I was doing here. And I was trying to think, what, what happened here away in eternity? What happened? Do you know, maybe millions of years ago? I don't know. How does anybody know? But God, you see, had a plan. God had a plan whereby he could have people to talk to, he could, he could enjoy company with. So God had this plan of, of creating mankind. And I would say a way, could have been millions of years ago, there was a big meeting in heaven somewhere, wherever heaven was at that stage. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit getting together and having a plan. A plan for making a world. And then in that world, they would make mankind someone to have fellowship with, and so on and so forth. So here he is, God would create, God would create, and one day, it, it, it was gradually come to pass, because then we have the creation. We were reading about that. We were reading about the creation. In day one, there was light and there was darkness. The light was the day, the dark was the night. And on day two was the firmament heaven and earth. And day three, the water gathered together that was called the sea. And then the earth was up and that was the dry land. And then we have day four, the sun and the moon and the stars amazing creation that God has done at his word, mind you, at his word, he did this. And then on day five, we have animal life and the sea and the birds. And then God said there, and be fruitful and multiply to them all and and, and, and fill the air and the seas with people, not people, but animals and birds. And then on day six, we have all the living creatures, we have all the cattle and all those amazing things that we have in this, all the animals and all the cattle. Uh, that we have on farms or we go to the zoos to visit or we read about and see about in other countries. But also on day six, uh, God, this is where God has got to. He is now going to do something different. He's going to create mankind in, in, it says, in our own image after our likeness. That was how he was going to make them. In our image after our likeness. Male and female created he them. And God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And God saw that it was very good. So this was God at work. This was God in creation. This was what God had planned. It didn't just evolve. This was creation. This was creation. Adam and Eve, they were created. Cain was the first one to be born. But here he is, he has created these things And it's truly, truly lovely. And then in chapter 2 of Genesis, you get the actual creation of Adam from the dust of the ground. And this was lovely. God was planning this. And God planned this lovely, lovely garden away in Eden. There was nothing they didn't need or couldn't want. It was wonderful. It was perfect. And here it is. And it's amazing to think about this even before you get... Adam must have been... Adam must have been... I was going to say a university student, but he must have been an amazing intellectual giant because every name of an animal that was given, Adam gave them animals their names. Wasn't that something? Adam actually gave the animals their names. And this is what God is continuing to do today. God is keeping and managing and looking for those people and blessing them and helping them what a provision it was for those days and for those times through that creation and the importance of Adam and Eve this is what God had planned he wanted them to be together he wanted to have fellowship with mankind and the cool of the day he would come down and visit and speak with with Adam and Eve in the garden but then you see it didn't last Because human nature, being what it is, and the temptation, being what it was, uh, the devil had come in and tempted them. And sin had come in, it caused a breach, it caused difficulty, it caused trouble. And so then the garden was vacated. They were thrown out of the garden. And that was a terrible, terrible thing for Adam and Eve. Now they were going to know and understand sin, there was consequences. It was God angry and God wouldn't have sin in his presence. So they're put out of the garden. But God in his love and his mercy and his thoughtfulness, and God in his thoughtfulness, he just says, the seed of the woman. There will be, there will be a remedy whereby man can be forgiven. So here we had sin in the garden. And then we have sin uh, had to be put out. And then we have the people, they go on and on and on. We were reading about it. They eventually sinned and eventually we have multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And then we find, they find themselves away in Egypt and they find themselves in bondage in Egypt, but still God hadn't given up. Still God had a plan. God was working it all out. It wasn't a lost cause because even in Egypt, all those years and all those people of Israel, all his people, they were in terrible, terrible bondage and they cried to the Lord and the Lord heard their cry and the Lord came in and, and delivered them, and delivered them, and they just says there'd be a big exodus in, from, from Egypt, but it would only be, it would only be God would redeem his people by the blood of the lamb, that little lamb was selected, scrutinized, and looked at, and then after 14 days, the little lamb, it was killed, and its blood was shed, and uh, they were to move out. And that was a wonderful, wonderful escape from Egypt. But it was planned and organized by God himself. So that was God's pardon for his people. Yes, God had a plan, but now God had a pardon, a pardon for a sinful people that had rebelled and decided they were going to go their own way. So God had a pardon for his people. But you know, there was more than that happened because there they, here they are in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, It it, it seemed difficult and they whinged and they moaned and they groaned quite a bit uh, because they only had manna, a a lovely sweet honeycomb kind of food. But then you see, being human nature, they got tired of that and it wasn't good enough, so they wanted something else. They actually criticized God, "This, this light food that you've given us, we're bored stiff, we're bored. You ever hear that word, we're bored? A lot of people are bored today. They're frustrated today. So God sent them little like ducks, like quails, among the, and, and so they could pluck them and, and eat them. A variety. That was God. God is so merciful. His mercy endures forever. It goes on and on, no matter what happened. God was determined to love his people in spite of them being nearly unlovable, whinging and moaning and groaning. Was going on and loving his people all the time. But here he is in in Egypt. He gave them manna and he gave them quails, and there we are in Egypt. But then as they went on in life, there were difficulties. You know, life was like that. Life's full of raging storms sometimes, and then there's other bits whenever it's, it's not so bad, it's bearable, but there's times when there's raging storms. And that was the case among God's people as they were traveling through because God had said now look here we're going traveling through this wilderness but there's, there's land to be conquered you don't just stop here we've got to move on and move on so God was leading them and helping them to do this and you see in God's, in God's, after God's pardon we found that God is a, a God who would protect them in the journeys of life as loving arms would ever be around them he would never give up on them and even whenever they were to fight the battles and go into this promised land, it was going to be difficult. Remember the spies that went out? Remember the spies, 12 of them, one from every tribe. And they come back with a report. Yeah, they were all honest in their report. There was, there was two, Joshua and Caleb come back. Brilliant, marvelous. Well, they didn't really have to go. The spies didn't really have to go. But God said it was like a land flowing with milk and honey. It was amazing. Those those two men were delighted. They were thrilled to bits. But then there were 10, you see, 10 against 2. And they says, yeah, 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 it's good. It's flowing with milk and honey. But there's giants. There's giants there. There's giants. They'll devour us. They'll kill us. We'll not stand a chance. With Joshua Joshua and Caleb, they were just saying, yes, there's giants, but you know, we can overcome them. With God and earth. we can overcome them. The giants are so big, we can't miss them. The other guys were saying, the giants are so big, they're gonna kill us. But then the others said, look, they're so, they're so big, we, we, we can defeat them. And the egg said, let's go now and deal with this. They were on for going now, but then, now was 40 years later nearly. That's a tragedy of not listening to God. Uh, and that was a tough time. But you know, and those trials and those t- t- tough times that they were in, they were going to have to go into that land when they did and fight. But God says, every step you take is yours, you know. But you've got to take that step, and that'll be yours. But there were times whenever there were battles to be fought. That's what life's like battles to be fought. And there were times when God used his people to fight the battles. There was a time. Whenever God's people were gathered together and there was a m- massive giant of a man called Goliath. And God and God used a young teenager, would you believe it? With all the big armies and God was with them. And God used a teenager, young David, to slay this giant. He was out morning and night shouting and yelling, give me a man, one man and fight. And if I win, well, we'll take over. And if he win, well, then you take over. But David says, how? Come, we can allow this to happen. Do this man fight and blaspheme against the armies of the living God? I'll go and deal with him. And eventually he did with a sling and a stone. Not with armor, with a sling. And he ran to meet him. And this giant was so busy laughing at him. Laughing. But David got him right in the, in the head. And when he when he knocked him down, because that didn't kill him, remember? He was so enthusiastic, with, he believed with God on his side, he got up to Goliath and got Goliath's sword and chopped his head off. So there was no getting back from this. He was finished with it. But that was that was God through his servant dealing with the situation. Here's a, a, I read this lovely story about God's protecting hand. Here's a, here's a lovely one that we're going to look at because it, Hezekiah was in dear deep, 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 deep trouble. The, the armies of Assyria had gathered together uh, and King Senechab was there and he had, he had come with his emissaries to Hezekiah. Look, you've got to give up. You've got to give in. We have beaten and trounced every country right round about us. And you're the only one that's left now. And we're going to do the same with you. And you're God. You needn't be coming and praying to your God. It won't matter. It'll be no effect. We're going to deal with this. So uh, King Senechab was coming. And that didn't stop. Then in a few days, a letter arrived. He put it in writing. This is it. You've got it in writing. So Hezekiah was in dire straits because this army army was 185,000 soldiers. This is how big this army was to to overthrow uh, this people of Israel at this time. It was a massive army. And it's no wonder that Hezekiah was terrified. He was terrified for Jerusalem. He was terrified for his people and for himself. So what was he gonna do? Well, here's what he did. He had been in touch already with Isaiah the prophet, but he, he, he does this, he gets this letter. He brings it into the temple of God this day. And he asked the Lord to read a letter. Lord, would you do you see what this tyrant of a king is going to threaten to do to us? Do you not understand that it's going to destroy us? Can you not see that, you know, it is going to be awful, awful things lord he says can you not incline your ear and open your ears and eyes to see what's going on you know he's here and he's out to approach the living god god were you going to not deal with us were you not going to help us and god was so pleased that hezekiah brought this to his attention god says yeah i'll deal with this and god dealt with it and god came out himself he didn't send a servant god deal, dealt with us himself and all these people were slain uh, whenever they, they get up the next day. God, you can't beat God. God has a plan and God has a ways. And God has a protecting hand upon his people. And he will do this. But God's presence, you see, is with his people continually too. Something we're not always aware of. We're not always aware that God's presence is with us. God is with us and God is for us. And he was doing this with us people. And, but he's doing the same with us. But we're just not always aware of it. And that's our difficulty. It's probably my difficulty too, maybe more than anybody else's. But God's presence, he was with his people that time with the pillar and the cloud and he has promised. He says, look here, I will, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. This was God speaking. And that is a lovely thing that we have here, that God is not going to forsake his people God has invested too much in us to forsake us or to abandon us. When we think today and we've been remembering the cross, we're remembering our Savior, the Lord Jesus, there, giving his life to ransom us, to forgive us, to pardon us, to make us his very own, to bring us from the faraway place near to him. God has done this through his son, the Lord Jesus, on a cross. God has invested so much. He did for his people, and he's continuing to do it for his people today. He has invested so much to see us saved. He's not only going to give up on us now. I can't believe that he ever would, because it's not in God's need. God is love. God is love. God says his mercy it endures forever. God puts up with us. We read in the Psalms there that he suffered their manners in the wilderness. God, that's what God Isn't that lovely? But God's not going to abandon us. These are wonderful things that that has happened. All because God's love for us, it took his son to a cross. We're reading about the cross, thinking about the cross, singing about the cross this morning. And that's truly amazing. And it's truly wonderful. And it didn't stop with the cross or the tomb because our Saviour today that we remember He's risen, he's alive, and he's with us. And he said, it will never, never leave us or forsake us. So some of the wee things, as you look again at this Psalm 136, how we go on with it, how he's reminding us, his mercy endures forever, his mercy endures forever. And even as it finishes, who giveth food to all flesh? He feeds every living thing. And then the last verse, oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever then that's what God has done for us. Just simply looking at a psalm and picking out do the wee different things here uh, that, that we can look at and we can enjoy and we can love and say, Lord, you've done this. Thank you. You've opened up a psalm for us and you've broken up little by little, reminding us, getting it into your mind, getting it into your head. I remember I remember, when at school you learnt your, your tables and so on and you, and you repeat it and you repeat it and you repeat it. And you got it into, and so you still remember. Most people need to calculate now, but we didn't have that in all those hundreds of years ago. But you, you just, you get lovely, you, you, you get over your tables and your spellings and you repeat it and you repeat it and you rhyme them off and you got to know stuff. And that's what they're trying to, look, God's mercy endures forever. God's real, God's alive. He's not going to give up on us. He's not going to abandon us. He's going to be a blessing. Nearly finished, here we are. Just to finish off with, God always had a plan to have fellowship with his people. He, God always wanted this above everything else, from the garden time right, and God is doing that today. God speaks to us and we speak to him and he's allowed all this. Three outstanding wonders in heaven I come across, I had it written down somewhere. People there I never expect to find there. Wonderful things to be looking out for. People there I never expect to find there. People there people not there, I did expect to find there, these are challenges for us, room but you know, the writer went on to say the greatest wonder of all, I will be there isn't that something an ordinary blo- people ordinary people born in sin and shape and iniquity lived staggered lives sometimes we stagger from one crisis to the next, sometimes we fight our own battles and sometimes Lord, I can do no more, please come in and intervene and God does this And we're thrilled and we worship. And then before you know, we're doing something else. And we're down another bad road or something got there. But these are the things that happen. God won't abandon us and give up on us. And you know, there'll be many people absent in eternity. And they expect it to be in heaven. They expect it to be there. But because of life and because of doing their own thing and wanting to find their own way and not looking to the Lord or relying on the Lord, they'll miss it won't be God's fault. You have the cross. This is a roadblock, if you want. Isn't that lovely? Here we are, coming coming to the God of heaven, coming indeed and bowing before him, coming and being blessed and saved and helped. And in his presence, which is going to be totally amazing, in his presence we read, full of joy, God's right hand forevermore. I'm going to finish off, I'm going to finish off with a prayer of Max Locato. To finish off, as we we're thinking about this psalm, we we're thinking about God who bears with us, who puts up with us, who's blessing us, and whose mercy endureth forever, Mike Locata has a lovely prayer in one of his books. Father, he says, your love never ceases, never. Though we spurn you, ignore you, disobey you, you will not change. Our evil cannot diminish your love. Our goodness cannot increase it. Our faith does not earn it any more than our stupidity jeopardize it. You don't love us less if we fail. You don't love us more if we succeed. Your love never ceases. Isn't that fantastic? That the God of heaven goes on and on and on loving us because God is love. And that's what we're trying to remind ourselves throughout this Psalm today. Here we are before God today, we're loved with everlasting love. Deuteronomy says, The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. That's what God is like for us today, allowing us to be here, allowing us to come to sing his praise today, to offer thanksgiving. God's entitled to this from his people. God's entitled to worship and praise and thanksgiving from us all. And that's why we're found doing this today. Do so I trust that we look again. If you, look at, you can look at this psalm and pick out little bits and pieces and follow it through, these are just some of the wee things that I've been following through for maybe a wee while now, and gradually looking at it and looking at it, and you're finding more, and uh, there's been plenty more, but that's where we are today, so I trust that the Lord will refresh us through the ministry of his word and through the reading of the Holy Scriptures. Thank you very much.